Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 240 and it is Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Bird. What's happening, everybody? Holy fuck, 240? Yeah, man, we are at 240 episodes and this month is our six-year anniversary of the podcast, man. Can you believe it? It is. It is like I'm just like wow. Yeah. Like we still at this thing. Yeah, we're we're still at it. We're still doing our thing, you know. Uh, still podcasting. Um, we got Kyle Kyle Chapman in the chat. Welcome back, sir. Um, says uh. I'm sharing, so I'm like. He says I'm looking spiffy while you're looking rough there, Carl. <laughs> I look awful. Nah, my uh. This this weekend it's gonna be it's gonna be a whole different change. Like I'm getting my hair cut this week. Yeah. Finally, I say you should just keep the hair. Let it grow, man. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, all this it's gotten too much for me, and it feels uncomfortable. Like I don't know how people with big ass beards can actually like do that. It's very uncomfortable for me. Mm. I mean, like, like you, you can, you can grow like your hair, and then see if you can, like, nope. see if you can, like, bring back the 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 cornrows, man. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> take it back to oh, take it back to oh four. <laughs> you look like a box of yeah, new yeah. I had them. I had. I had them in. I had cornrows in oh four. <laughs> oh man, uh, Kyle that was, says that was when my. Oh, that was what my family would do there. Carl looks like Nick Cannon phase. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I saw like old old photos of you with the cornrows. I mean, you looked you looked like the spitting image of DJ Quick, though. Uh, I got that one too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Kyle says that uh, you Carl will look like the karate instructor on Martin with a fro. <laughs> you do not look like Dragon, Dragonfly Jones. <laughs> Uh, break out the oversized jerseys and go for it, says Aaron Ferguson. Hey, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I do want to, I would love to DJ like a early 2000s party. Oh, man. And everybody breaking out the oversized jeans and the O in my white tees. Yep. Oh, my gosh. The, Oh my! Like yeah, the the throwback jerseys, the the hats, the Mitchell and Ness. Um, what else? Yeah, oh, man. Oh, the the ladies with their uh, velour sweatsuits. Man. Dudes have velour suits too and name belts. Oh yeah, yeah. Bring back Fat Farm and Baby Fat. Why not? <laughs> and Carl Kanai. Carl Kanai was nineties. Yeah, it, yeah, it was '90s. Yeah, late '90s. Um, there were there, there were there were a couple people that wore Carcanize at, at URI when I was there. Um, Aaron Ferguson says that the five the five X five XL large white tees. Yup, the moo-moos. Yup, yup. I had them because back then I had a thing where I did not like showing my elbows. I don't know what it was. I just did not like showing my elbows. So every tee that I wore, it had to cover the elbows. Huh. That is weird. Yeah, it was very weird. I just, I don't know. I was back, you know, I'm skinny now, but I was skinnier back then. So I just did not like my elbows. So I'm like, listen, as long as it covered the elbows, I was cool. (laughs) 
Yeah, man. Like, yeah, back back then, man, uh, fashion was, uh, you know, it was it was quite something to see. Um, like like another 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 trend, not so much a fashion trend, but but a trend was uh, the so-called lower back tattoos, the, the tramp stamps. Those were a big thing back then. The uh, license days. plates. Uh, the license plates. <laughs> back in the back in the two thousands. Adichie Pow Pow South Pole. <laughs> Yo, I had I had my fair share of South Pole apparel back in those days, man. I did. No, 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 no. I'm about to hold on. I'm about to hit you with. I'm about to hit you with one. Alright. Anime button ups. I never had anime button ups. Yeah, everybody had anime button ups. Oh, like 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 a whole like graphic of like Goku or something. Yep. <laughs> yep. I had a I had a Samurai Showdown one. I remember. Oh man. But yep. Anime button ups. Wow, damn, man, man, fat fashion, man, it's it's it's, it's, it's amazing how it evolves. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, but yeah, man, uh, yeah, we yeah we got another another week at this. Now we got some got some stuff to talk about. Um, some some things we've been up to. You know, you know how you know how we do on the Codex Prime podcast. Uh, you know, uh, Carl, I, I saw you on the UWO last night. Another good episode. Yeah. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah, that was fine. Yeah. Ah, screaming Eddie in my left ear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like like I mentioned in the chat uh, in UWO's episode last night, like if we saw Dave Lagreca and Eddie Ortiz rant at each other in the same room, like laptops would explode everywhere. <laughs> Uh, I'd pay money to see that. I would pay my. It would open like I probably the the gates of hell would open. Yes, yes. All, all, all that loud energy, <laughs> just clashing, man. But, but yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, man. Uh, what, what, what you been up to like this past week or so? Well, uh, let me see. What can I start off with? Okay, so on uh, Sunday, I watched the A and E documentary on the Ultimate Warrior. Okay. Now, of course, you know, Eddie claims that, oh, I'm not going to watch the WWE fluff pieces. It's not going to be truthful. I honestly would have to say it was very, very fair. Okay. Like his his uh, wife took part in it and everything. And like, even then, like some of the, she even like this, you know, voiced some stuff that she disagreed with. Like uh, his, but I'm actually trying to put on NXT with the TV on mute. Mm. But yeah, even like talking about like, remember the, uh, the 2005 rant? Oh yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. At the, what was it, University of Connecticut? Yeah. Oh, that, that infamous speech. Yeah, and he was, and even she was like, he was like, listen, I was not, I guess, like, around that time, he got into, like, um, conservative talk radio. He became a Rush Limbaugh fan, of all people. And she was just like, like, after that, she was like, I was not proud. I was highly disappointed in it. Mm-hmm. And I like she shared some of his bad. She shared some of his bad stuff too, um, but it just seemed like he. I mean, and they actually showed like pictures of his. They actually talked about his youth, 
which was something like he never really touched on at all. Like showing pictures of himself as a kid. And I mean, talk about, you know, how his father left him and how that pretty much played a significant role, uh, like a significant role into like how he became the man he was, you know, how, yeah, how he grew up and stuff and his mindset on certain things, you know, how he viewed Vince McMahon and everything. And they even talked about the whole self-destruction DVD. Oh, yeah, that that hit piece. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what they and that's what they said. It was a hit piece. She said still to that still to this day, even though Dana works for the WWE now, she still does not. She still refuses to watch that DVD. And she told him not to watch it. And he watched it anyway. So he was like, you know, it hurt my feelings. You know, I'm a different man than I was. I have a family now. And, I, and they actually showed like. The significant change that he had in his life once his uh, once he had his daughters and stuff. His daughters doing ba- his oldest daughter is doing ballet dancing. The other ones uh practicing boxing. So it's like it seems like the whole fit. He like towards the end, like he was definitely like in a peaceful place in his life, and then he died. And his mother was like, "Listen, Helwig, the men in the Helwig family, they die early." Wow. Like it's just it's it's uh it was genetic, so, and um but one gripe they completely skipped over his w, WCW run. <laughs> okay, see see skipping over the WCW run. See that's where Dark Side of the Ring has to step in. Well, Dark Side, I mean, she actually uh his wife actually tweeted like she had nothing to do with it, and I know it has a lot. Uh, his ex wife is going to be involved in it, so. Mm. That's gonna be that's gonna be a very interesting piece. Like it's literally coming on Thursday. Like we had Ultimate Warrior Andy on Sunday, Dark Side on um, Thursday. So this is gonna be a very interesting uh, Ultimate Warrior week. Mm. Oh, indeed. Yeah. So, but speaking of Dark Side, last week's Collision in Korea episode. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, yeah, you. I know you talked about that uh, on UWO last night. Oh yeah, we ain't got no business going. I ain't got no business going. <laughs> I, I have to say, the Saudis are much more lighter than they. They're much more, you know, laid back than the Koreans are. Like that was bad. Like they had us. They sold out. That event sold out. Like I wouldn't even say it sold out. Like there was like a hundred and eight, like over a hundred thousand people there. Wow, and this was in like North Korea in Pyongyang, was it? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I forgot the name of the city, but it was in uh, North Korea. Yeah. And it was quiet. Mm. Like, Flair's sitting there in the car, he's like, oh my god, these are, all these people are going to this event? And they're like, um... They're at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> so, picture like a hundred and like thirty thousand people. Watching a wrestling match, mm-hmm. not saying a word. Damn, it's like wrestling in an empty arena. It pretty much it, it was literally they didn't stop making any type of noise until like the last match between Antonio Noki and Ric Flair. Mm. Wow. So I mean, I felt like after after you know watching that, I felt like that was that whole event was just. It's like clout chasing for Antonio Noki's uh, political career at that time. 
Ah, I see. Yeah, he wanted to kind of like bri build bridges. Yeah, yeah, but it just but it was just wasn't happening. But um, yeah, there was some it was just some crazy stories. Like they almost killed Scott Norton because Scott Norton finally got a chance to call his wife because he hadn't talked to her in a few days. Mm. And he's like, yeah, I can't I can't take it here in the shit in the shit show. And, I mean, this is a complete hellhole. Click. Soldiers came in. They're like, you cannot talk bad about North Korea. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, Eric Bishop went out for a jog, and everybody was like running for their lives, like they saw Godzilla, because they thought he was like out to like kill them. Wow. Man, like, yeah, I've, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. You know, we, we we've all heard stories in the news about like the totalitarian control of North Korea from like the Kim Jong-un family and whatnot. But man, that sounds, that sounds ex beyond extreme. Yep. Yep. Mm. But in on a, I, I don't, I don't know if I should call it a funny note. Two cold Scorpio in Road Warrior and Road Warrior Hawk got into like a crazy fight to the point where two cold Scorpio took some of the stainless steel I don't know how he got away with this. He took the stainless steel um, chopsticks mm -hmm. and he went back to his hotel room and he was making a shiz out of him. He was ready to kill Hawk. God damn. <laughs> like, he, they just showed up. He shows up and he's like, listen, are we going to do this here or we can do this in Tokyo? Either or, we got to finish this. Damn, like, what was the beef between them? Uh, they had some like heat from a while ago, so there was already like that animosity. But God, dang! Wow, like when you're making shivs, <laughs> like, uh, damn, that's that's like <clears throat> that's some, yeah, that, that that that's beyond a grudge right there. That's murderous yeah. intent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's it. Oh, nothing. Yeah, check out that dark side of the ring. You're just gonna sit there like, like your mouth's just gonna get wider and wider and wider. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'll check that out. Okay, so remember, you asked me what was my what is the first thing I want to do when the pandemic lifts? Yes. What was my answer? Uh oh shit I forgot um go go to a live live wrestling event no oh, DJing oh DJing yes okay that was my next guess yeah, yours was just a complete <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't we don't have to get into that you know <laughs> the YouTube video is up but anyway. <laughs> I actually finally had a chance to do that on last Friday's Zoom Unity. Nice. You DJ at a live yeah. venue? Uh, it wasn't at a live venue. It was on Zoom, but it was for, you know, people. It was like uh, Zoom Unity is a virtual block party. Mm -hmm. So I got to open So I got to open up. And um, what was cool about it, even though I was kind of like messing, I felt, you know, I was my stuff started malfunctioning a bit. Mm -hmm. But... I, I, I got the rub from DJ Fred the Great. I felt good. Very nice. You yeah. know, for our outside listen, you know, for our 
listeners outside of Rhode Island, DJ Fred the Great is a legendary DJ out here in Rhode Island. And dude's cool as hell. And he just, like, yeah, he gave me the nod. So I'll be on Zoom. I don't know the next time I'll be on Zoom Unity, but I'll be DJing there once again. So, you know, big shout out to friend of the show, Lad, and the rest of the 18 DJs for having me on. That was a lot of fun. And it just felt, it felt good just to, just to finally DJ again. Yeah, absolutely, man. I know you've you know you've uh, you've been off that for a while, cause mostly because of the pandemic. But yeah, it's glad that you're literally. Yeah, glad that you're practicing your art. Yeah, I I've been, I barely had the chance to practice too, but it was like once I got back into it, it just felt good again. Hmm. Yeah. Um. So hmm. another so another document docu series I started watching on um. On Vice, the same channel as uh, Dark Sided Ring, mm-hmm. is I Sniper. Okay. It's the story of the DC sniper attacks that happened back in 2002. Mm. Yep. So, I mean, and what really, what drawn this to me, what really just say, oh, I want to check that out. A, because... Lee Malvo is actually telling the story in his voice along with everybody of you know everybody else who was involved mm-hmm. you know law enforcement victims victims families and stuff you know which was you know very sad in that case you know yeah but what drawn to me is that I was actually living in Maryland at that time yeah mm. that must have been real scary yeah I is the funny part I didn't really learn about it until like a day or two in because mm-hmm. and what was crazy i used to just take random i remember i'm in a whole new city don't know anybody so i used to just and it was during the you know the warm months i used to just get out and take random walks mm-hmm. especially like at night it's dark and i would just get out and just take random walks and then remember my friend my friend that i uh, met down there he was like yeah, I just told him, I'm like, yeah, I went out for a walk last night. Like, why are you doing that? Just wanted to get some air. Wanted to go out for a walk. You don't got no idea that there's this dude going around just sniping people off left and right. <laughs> like, nah. And then I went home. I, when I got in, I saw the news. And that's when it was, you know, he was still attacking at that time. I'm like, well, damn. <laughs> Shit. Yep, and I remember, like, around that time, around that time, you city titty me. What's up, B-Rock? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I remember around that time, at first, they thought it was a white box truck. Mm-hmm. And I remember just seeing so many box trucks just getting pulled over. Like, on my bus from school, just, I probably would see, like, I remember seeing, like, three of them on, like, one route. Like damn, they're like this is serious. This is really happening. Like oh shit. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, it, it was pretty. It was pretty insane. You know, it was kind of sad to like relive it, but I'm just like wow. You know, I remember, like I remember, like the anxiety. And this is before I realized I had like the anxiety that I had. Um, you know, and the fear that was going on. They said nothing has scared more people like this since 9-11 or the anthrax, handy anthrax scare. Mm. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. And and yeah, Birawa, uh, we are talking about the DC sniper. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Yeah, I remember watching. I remember like hearing about that in the news, and it was like, I was like, man, that that was insane. And I remember there was a there was a a movie that came out. I think it was like in 2012. That was a dramatization of the DC sniper incidents. There was a couple. Yeah, there was one called uh, Blue Caprice with Isaiah Washington. I've never seen that one. That was the that was the second one. I did see one that was produced by the USA uh, TV network, and it was um. Oh my god, I gotta look it up. Mm. I gotta look it up, but it um. Charles S. Dutton, who played the sheriff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was called DC Sniper 23 Days of Fear, and it starred Bobby Hosea as John Allen Muhammad, mm-hmm. Trent Cameron as uh, Lee Boy Balbo. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. That one I rem- that one I remember watching, which is like yeah, that was pretty. I'm like, this is pretty messed up. I'm sitting there watching. It's like I really shouldn't be watching this at this time, but I like feel okay. So yeah, yeah. Man. So that's actually uh, that's been on that's been on Hulu. Okay. Also on Hulu, it was a pretty fun, to lighten up the to lighten up the mood. Yeah, I came across this uh, documentary on Hulu called "The Orange Years: The Nickelodeon Story," and boy, that was a nostalgia trip that just had me smiling and smiling. Just talking about like how Nickelodeon came to be, how like just simple things like how the name, how they got the name, which was uh, I guess the Warner Brothers had the old, those old Nickelodeon machines. Yeah. Where you can just like stick your eyes in and you can watch movies on. That's where the name came from. Mm-hmm. Um, the logo, they're just like, let's just go with orange. Mm. It's loud. Kids relate to it. Um, and then they were showing like how all these, t- all the, how all our like classic shows came about. You know, like Clarissa explains it all. You can't do that on television. Double yeah. dare. Um, and even in some of the stars from like the old shows, like they had some members of the, some cast members of all that. Both Keenan and Kel was on there. Mm-hmm. Um, the host from Nick Arcade was on there. <laughs> Legends of the Hidden Legends of the Hidden Temple, and I'm sitting there like I hated that show because it was three pieces. Three pieces. The little monkey thing that they had to put together. It was only three pieces, and none of these kids couldn't put it together. Piss me off every time. <laughs> oh man, like that is true. Like that. I mean, I remember watching Legends of the Hidden Temple. Like, I don't. I'm pretty sure like there were some kids who actually won that contest. I can't. I hope. So. I mean, I, I'm. I'm sure there was, but it was three pieces, and that was what held everybody up. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh man, they talk about how like. Like, a lot of, you know, when the Nicktoons came about, like, they all had, like, creative control and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Ren and Stimpy was able to get away with so much that they were. And plus, since it was more of, like, an MTV show, they wanted to bring those, you know, some of those audiences together. Mm-hmm. Doug, that was just, like, a... Uh, it was just Jim Jenkins. He's, like, he's just such a nice guy. Let's just give him a show. And... Mm-hmm. 
we end up getting Doug and, you know, Doug was a classic and he's talking about like, he always had this vision of like Doug and all the characters. And he was trying to, um, he had a vision of Patty Mayonnaise's voice mm. and he was just like, he just could not find it until he just happened to be watching TV and he saw Constant Shulman Mm-hmm. in a craft mayonnaise commercial and she was like there it is and mm-hmm. they end up getting her so yeah that was the you know that was the birth of patty mayonnaise and i was watching this with brian earlier skeeter was black yeah yeah he was definitely coded black in that show okay good i'm not the only one who thought so <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, Skeeter was definitely black. And um, let me see, Rugrats, the one of the creators, you know, he he remembered like when his little brother, like a little baby in his family was born, and you know, they couldn't tell you know, when babies are born, can't lift their heads and stuff. And they're just like, he's got to be smarter than that. I bet when we leave the room now, I bet when we leave the room, we're talking. He's talking. Bam, there it is. Yeah, that's, that's the Rugrats premise. Yeah, and then just you know, it was just a huge, it was just a huge nostalgia trip. I mean, talking about like bringing back like shows like The Secret World of Alex Mack. Uh, I remember that show. Yeah. Yeah, Larissa Olenek was on there. Salute your shorts. Yes. And they had cat- <laughs> Buttnick, Donkey Lips, and the Black Girl was all in that documentary. Nice. Okay. All right. Um. Are You Afraid of the Dark? I know that was your favorite. Yeah, that was a good show. I enjoyed that. Midnight Society. They, they, had, they had some, um, yeah, they had some of the cast members. And it was like, and then, first of all, the original concept was going to be an old guy sitting on a couch telling fairy tales. Hmm. Yeah. But they're like, I'm like, eh, nobody wants to read. Because, like, this is when they were talking about how Snick came about. And they were like, ah. Nobody really wants to hear fairy tales no more. Like, they hear it already. Like, mm-hmm. nobody wants to hear it. What do kids want to hear? Scary stories. Okay. Now, an old man telling scary stories, that's a bit creepy. Yeah. So they just said, all right, let's just get kids who would sneak out of their parents' house in the middle of the night. They get together and tell scary stories. Mm-hmm. Hence, and then they just recreated them. Hence, Are You Afraid of the Dark was born. And they actually told what the... Remember how they used to throw the powder onto the campfire and the campfire would get a little big? Yeah. Would ignite? They told they told us what it was. Oh, what was it? It was like... Creamer. Creamer? Like coffee creamer. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't think so. I didn't, they, but they never said what the slime was. Oh, I think the slime is like a private industry secret. It was, no, somebody already, like, I, I read it somewhere. It was actually oatmeal, gelatin, and green food coloring. Yeah, yeah, that works. Yeah, and then, yeah, it was just pretty, I mean... Such a nostalgia trip, and we're sitting there talking about, yo, I used to like this show, I used to hate this show, like, 
What was the show I didn't like? Oh, yeah. Talked about Nick Jr. Mm -hmm. Like the early days from our generation. Like it was such a feel-good nostalgia trip. Yeah. And I had a a blast watching it. Like anybody, especially like our age and who grew up in the same, you know, children of the 90s. Yes, I know you hate, y'all hate that. Child (laughs) of the 90s. But anybody who's a child in the 90s, watch that show, and I guarantee you will leave with a smile. Yeah, right. The the Orange Years on Hulu. Yes. Yes, The Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story. Okay. And last but not least, so as we were talking, you know how they have they automatically play something else after you're done with whatever streaming service you're on? Yeah. So we just happened to keep the TV going. And we sat through and watched OnlyFans, Selling Sexy, and oh my goodness. You watched what? It, we watched OnlyFans, Selling Sexy. It's literally a documentary about OnlyFans. Oh, okay. I thought you actually watched an OnlyFans. Okay. And we're just sitting there, just like, it, it just amazed, like, how, like, people just made so much money so fast yeah. and I just kind of got I couldn't help but laugh like Donnell Rawlins has a podcast on OnlyFans and they were talking about like all the sex workers being pissed off at um, Bella Thorne because she has one and you know so now it's like now that celebrities are getting involved in it nobody like Everybody's going to stop paying attention to the sex workers. And Bellator made this apology. But everybody's like, no, it's a bullshit apology because she still has it. She still has it up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was a good laugh. Uh, we had a good laugh. And I'm just sitting there like, this is insane. Mm-hmm. Hey, I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, you know, when you have sites like OnlyFans, you know, you know, sex workers, you know, they're. You know, they're trying to make an income, but then when you got, like, celebrities encroaching on their territory, it just makes it harder for them. And then they got to decide, okay, I got to figure out another way to to get eyeballs on my content, you know? Yeah, well, they, what they said, what they said, too, is, like, like, Donnell was like, okay, for all you sex workers who uh, complain about celebrities, shut the fuck up. Because what we're doing is, okay, we're on OnlyFans, then y'all's names end up popping up, and then y'all can still get, y'all still get your, get the eyes on y'all's videos and stuff and i'm just like it's 2021 like who still pays for porn yeah <laughs> you'd be surprised man there's a lot of people out there that that can put top dollar though yeah but he says okay john apart just said cameo is equally insane cameo is awesome because it's like it's there's a personal attachment to it you know even though only fans is it's like Cameo, Cameo, I like Cameo. Cameo, you know, you get, it, it's a feel, you get, it feels good to get one. Mm. Yeah, you know, if you, you know, so someone's, someone shells out the big bucks for a celebrity to say your name in a few words. Yeah, and it's, it's just, it's like, wow, you know, a celebrity said my name, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of a good feeling. I got one for my father last month for his birthday, and, you know, he enjoyed it. I got, see, I got some for the UWO with, uh, Dave Lagreca and stuff. Like I've seen yeah. people get cameos and everybody like enjoying them. So mm-hmm. 
those are, you know, those are fun. Like, OnlyFans is just a big bunch. It's just like, wow, really? Like, this is insane. Mm. Yeah, that, that that must that must be okay. So that's another documentary on Hulu right now, right? Yeah. Another thing it was it was they were talking about how like insane it was that how many people, like how much money people made during the pandemic. Like once yeah. March hit, mm-hmm. like profiles just like skyrocketed. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, whatever floats your boat, but damn, like, this is some insane shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, that and also like the, uh, and also mentioned getting back to the cameos too. It's like, like, like there were some, there was like some high profile ones that, that were like super expensive that fans actually paid a lot of money for. Like I know that Undertaker was like one of the most expensive ones, I believe. Yeah, I think Undertaker. I remember seeing Undertaker's is a thousand. Wow. Floyd Mayweather is a thousand. Mm. Uh, MJF's is six hundred. Six hundred. And, pe- and people have paid six hundred dollars to get insulted by MJF. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not paying that much money to be insulted. You know, I. I got throw. I got my. He threw gum at me, and it only cost me twenty bucks. <laughs> oh, at a show, it was just like I, I'm not gonna pay. And even then, he told me to go. He even told me to fuck off too. And I'm like, okay, so he just insulted me, and I still didn't pay six hundred bucks for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, MJF is just playing y'all for suckers. <laughs> um, yeah, and. I didn't pay for that. I didn't pay for that cameo. Nah. nah, as well you shouldn't. Oh, John Haponic says, speaking of cameo, how about Nathan Jones? <laughs> no, he's on. I know he's on it. I just don't know how much he costs. Yeah, I mean he's he's the master thespian. You know, the Colossus of Boggle Road. <laughs> God, he was the he was the drizzling shits when he was in WWE. Good gravy. Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't click. Just Mm-mm. didn't click with him. Man, no. Nah. Can you imagine if he actually wrestled at WrestleMania, like he was scheduled at WrestleMania 19, but then that turned out to be a handicap match between Undertaker versus Big Show and A Train? Yep, uh, I remember. Mm, damn. <laughs> oh, Nathan Jones. You know, he he stars in a lot of a lot of cool un, you know under underground action movies. He was also in Mad Max Fury Road as well and Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. Yeah. So um yeah that's what I've been that's pretty much what I've been up to. Nice. Okay. Yeah man. Um yeah as as for me uh you know I was still playing Resident Evil Village. Um I beat the game twice. Uh, twice? What? The? No, like the, you need to get out the house, Scott. Now you need to get out the house. I, no, I, 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 I I'm, <laughs> you I'm doing. Like, geez, take some walk, take some walks, man. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm doing just fine. Like I've, I've, I've actually managed <laughs> to, I've unlocked a lot of. Uh, I beat the game on hardcore, which is like the hard mode, and um, then there's the hardest mode, which is a uh, Village of Shadows, which is the hardest mode in the game. 
Um, I haven't. I've, I, What's I, it called? A uh, Village of Shadows. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's like the that's like the madhouse mode of of the game, and um, I managed to unlock um, uh, enough challenge points, so I unlocked the uh, infinite ammo for the stake magnum, which is like the most powerful weapon in the whole game, and I I fully upgraded that stake magnum, and you just one shot enemies left and right, and bosses are a breeze, so I once I unlocked that, I'm like, man, I'm good, man, I'm just. I'm just walking through Resident Evil Village like 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 it's nothing. And plus, like the game is the game is pretty short. So if you know what you're doing, like in any any other Resident Evil game, if you know what you're doing, and you know where to go. You can you can beat the you can speed run through the game, which is what I did. So I beat the game the second time in about five hours. So half the time it took for me to beat uh, the game the first time. Uh, yeah. Yeah, funny that you know what? It's funny how you mentioned Resident Evil. Yeah. You're gonna be proud of me. What's up? So GameStop has it. They have their Memorial Day sale going on mm-hmm. this week. Saw Resident Evil Seven. Yes. Just said, "Fuck it, why not?" <laughs> Picked it up, and it turns out with all the coupons I got, I only got it for six bucks. Nice. That's how you do it. That's how you do it. Yeah, man. So you, so, you, you gonna finish the game? With some walkthroughs, yeah. And if I get, if I can get a, if I can find like an unlimited ammo thing, I'll, yeah, I'll do it. I, I'm starting a Resident Evil Three remake. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And then four, five, and six. I don't know. I can find those cheap for PS. Did they come out for PS4? Uh, what? Four, five, and six. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they did. If, when it's a big if, I find those cheap, then I'll decide to go through those two as well. Nice. Yeah, Resident Hopefully they have unlimited ammo. That's the only way I can play Resident Evil games, is with <laughs> unlimited ammo. I do not have patience to be wasting bullets on one zombie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can always play it on the easiest mode just to get through the story. You know. I, give me some type of challenge. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, and and John, uh, five was also made available for the PS4. It was like a, you know, just like a higher resolution, but it's still the exact same game. Um, but but yeah, 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 I've been I've been playing uh, Village. Um, so I'm going through another playthrough with the Infinite Magnum. So I'm gonna try to tackle the hardest difficulty mode with with that Magnum and see how far I go. Um, still still a fun game. It's it's still immensely playable. Still act, you know action packed. Um, I'm wondering what what the DLC content will be if Capcom gets around to that. Um, but yeah, man, wor- well wor- well worth it. Uh, Still conflicted. Uh, conflicted. <laughs> no, I, I I got that out of my system. Um, I, although I am enjo- I I am enjoying the Lady Demetresque Dante memes on Twitter. Um, if you go on Twitter, there's like a there's a there's memes with with a, a screenshot of Dante on the phone. And then there's a screenshot of Lenny Demetresque on the phone as well, and it's just like, um, just like funny captions. Um, it's actually pretty, uh, it's actually pretty amusing. Um, so the, the, but yeah, the memes. You gotta, are, you gotta send me some. Yeah, yeah, the memes are still funny. Um, besides Resident Evil Seven uh, uh, or Village, rather, I've been pl- I've been watching a few movies. Uh, got got some new ones um, that I watched, and one is uh, 
I, I, I ordered three. These are all Oscar winners from this year. Uh, one I I watched. I had the pleasure of watching. Uh, this is a uh, Minari. Uh, Minari, which is a uh, Steven Yoon's new film, directed and written and directed by Lee Isaac Chung, and uh, this one stars Steven Yoon. Um, let me see, uh, Yeri Han, Alan, Alan Kim, and Yu Yeo Jung Yoon, um, who won an Oscar for supporting actress. Uh, this this is a really wonderful film. It's 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 pretty lovely. Minari takes place in the late '80s, and it's about this Korean family that moves to Arkansas, and Steven Yoon plays the the father. Um, who's married to um, his wife and they have two kids like an older daughter and, and a young son who's five and so they move into, they move to rural Arkansas because Stephen Ewan's character wants to start his own farm he wants to start his own farm and you know cultivate Korean food and, you know and sell it to markets and um, Will Patton's also in it Will Patton plays like plays like this uh, this super Christian neighbor who speaks in tongues but who's a really good worker and wants to help out on the farm and, um, and, 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 you know, in the movie, like, you know, they're, you know, kind of, kind of dealing with culture shock, you know, his, his wife, uh, Stephen Yoon's wife, uh, played by Yeri Han, she's trying to adjust and she's having a hard time at it. So she decides to call, uh, her mother, the kid's grandmother to, to, to come, to come visit and spend some time with them. And the grandmother played by Yoo Jun Yoon, uh, she was such a delight. Like she did, like her performance is so good. It was it, it was that like she didn't even it didn't feel like she was acting it, it felt like she was like 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 you know like the director got her got his actual grandmother to come act in his film and um that, that's what it felt like because she was so natural she was just she had such wonderful chemistry with the rest of the cast and how she related to the kids and like it's so funny how like the the young the the little five-year-old you know he doesn't really like the grandma grandmother she's like he's like you're not a real grandmother you don't look old enough and then like he's like saying all this like all this like kind of hurtful stuff but then the grandmother takes it in stride um her performance is so wonderful in it she actually won an oscar uh for best supporting actress she became the first korean actress to win the oscar for, for this year's academy awards and Yep, and very, very, and just a beautiful performance all around. Uh, Steven Yoon, he was nominated for for best actor, and uh, his character, uh, he's he's a guy who's driven, and you know he 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 really wants to make the most of, you know, building up this farm. Even though his wife, you know, him and his wife get into it because like she, you know, she's alone. She she's alone. She doesn't really know anybody. There's not there's really no other, n not too many other Koreans in their area. And you know she's just trying to figure out okay like what's more important to you is it, is it, is it our family or is it the farm because I don't, I don't think you can manage both, and you kind of see like where where their relationship leads, um, but yeah all told it, it's just a wonderfully wonderfully told story. It's it's pretty it, it's well worth watching. I really enjoyed it. Um, this was also uh, produced by, uh, distributed by A24. A24, one of my favorite uh, film studios. They, they distributed films like Moonlight, uh, Last Black Man in San Francisco, Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler, so many other. Oh, of course, Midsummer and Hereditary. Uh, which... hey. yeah, I was like, <laughs> it sounds so familiar. Yeah. I do have one question, though. Yeah. You said it was in Arkansas? Yeah. Did they say the name of the town? Um. I, I don't think they mentioned it. Um, they, they may they may have mentioned it, but um, actually I can actually pull it up here. It's like a it's 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 like it's pretty rural. Um, as long as it's not as long as it's not Harrison, Arkansas, then they good. Uh yeah, it just says like rural Arkansas, so yeah. Okay, okay. 
It's yeah. not Harrison, Arkansas. Harrison, Arkansas is literally the racist city in the country. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I can see, I can, I can see it. <laughs> no, yeah. Sir, no, like, seriously. Like, somebody, I saw a video where somebody just posted a Black Lives Matter sign in the middle of that city. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my goodness. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, I, I can imagine what the reaction was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, but yeah, Minari, um, a wonderful film, uh, worth checking out. Um, it's available on Blu-ray. Um, currently, you can you can rent it online, um, but perhaps in a f- couple months it might be available on streaming services like Hulu, Netflix, what have you, Prime. Um, yep. So I watched that, and the two other movies I watched. One was another Oscar-winning film starring Anthony Hopkins and Olivia Coleman, uh, The Father. Um, the father, uh, Anthony Hopkins, um, you know, in, in a in a moment that uh, was one of the big, um, shall we say, letdowns of this year's Oscars. I mean, at least from a, from a lot of people, in, in how in terms of like how the Oscars was was um, un- unfolded. Uh, if, if for those for those who don't know, who don't know like in this year's uh, Oscars, um, the last category that was announced, you know, breaking from from tradition, instead of Best Picture, was Best Actor. And as we as we know, Chadwick Boseman got a posthumous nomination for his performance in Ma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And so because Best Actor was the last category to be announced at this year's Oscars, people were like, OK, all right, we're going to end on a great note. We're going to have uh, Chadwick Boseman get his posthumous Oscar. It's, it's going to be great. Anthony Hopkins was announced as the winner. And uh, and then the, then the show just ended. And uh, people, people on Twitter were really mad about it, um, but understandable because you know Chadwick Boseman's performance in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom was excellent. I think that there should have been a tie um, because, and, and this, and this would have been the, the third tie in the history of the Oscars in, in the acting category. So there was precedent. Um, but, but the final. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Sorry. No, I was just saying. I was saying to myself, like, I was going to ask him if he was, it was, was there ever a tie in the history of the Oscars. But yeah, yeah, there were. You already answered it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, there were two. One for best actor, one for best actress. Um, but yeah, um, uh, the father. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very good film. Um, like I said, it stars Anthony Hopkins, um, and Olivia Coleman, as well as um, let's see, uh, Mark Gaddis, Imogen Poots. And Rufus Sewell and Olivia Williams, and uh, this film, uh, Anthony Hopkins, uh, he plays. Uh, let me see. I'm just pulling up his thing. He uh, he plays a character, well named Anthony, uh, who's who's a who's a who's an old obviously he's he's an older man who's suffering from dementia, you know, and um, his his daughter played by Olivia Coleman is there trying to trying to care for him. And you know, trying to you know, trying to make things comfortable for him while while Anthony his 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 mind is deteriorating as the film goes on, but and the and the film was written and directed by uh, Florian Zeller, and he based this film on his on his own play, which was uh, which came out in 2011, 2012 or so, and what's what's interesting about the father is that the film you it, it really it it is so interesting and so unique in that it pl- it places you in the perspective of Anthony Hopkins' character, where as you're watching the film, because he's suffering from dementia, um, the film would, would would play out a certain scene, 
and then later on like it'll play the scene again but from a different perspective with different actors and then it'll, and then like the, the very setting will change because the whole film takes place in its flat and you'll see like the like the wallpaper or like the the lighting change in the flat so things so he kind of he may remember certain scenes differently than what than what may have actually happened um there might be some scenes where like he he repeats himself or, or like he 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 or he's he's charming to some people in, in one minute and then he's like completely irascible and cold the next and 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 the film and the film's editing is very creative because like because like Anthony's mind is like its own unreliable narrator because you're not you're not too sure like who's like 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 who's saying who's saying what and when and why um there's there's moments where anthony hopkins confuses uh his his aide with his daughter or confuses like his his daughter's uh boyfriend with his with her uh ex-husband and he thinks that and he thinks that the ex-husband is still married and like it is it, it's, it's, it's really it's really interesting and in, like and in, in how the editing really puts you in that mind space of anthony hopkins character and 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 his and his and his performance in the, in the film is is excellent but you know, Anthony Hopkins is one of the best actors, you know, around, you know, saying Anthony Hopkins delivered an excellent performance is like saying, you know, water is wet or, you know, the earth is round or the Cowboys lost another game. You know, it's, it's just one of those obvious, yeah, it's, just, it's just one of those obvious truths that we can all agree with or like, or like the Buffalo Bills can't win championships, you know, things that we can all agree on, things that are, that are just givens, you know, so. You know the father. Uh, the father. Oh, excellent! Uh, excellent performance by Anthony Hopkins. Um, Anthony Hopkins with this film, he actually won his second Academy Award uh, for Best Actor. His first one was in Silence of the Lambs 30 years ago, um, when he played Hannibal Lecter. Uh, this one with with his second Oscar win, Anthony Hopkins is now the oldest uh, actor uh, to win to win in any acting category at the age of 83. Um, and of course, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Um, um, he 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 gave his Oscar speech the next day after the Oscar cause Oscars because he wasn't present, and he also paid respect to Chadwick Boseman that dedicated his Oscar uh, to him as well. Um, the Father, like I said, a wonderful film worth watching. Um, it it obviously it is it is sad, um, and 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 the and the last and the last scene you know kind of choked me up a little, um, but 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 yeah an, an, another 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 great film worth, well worth watching for excellent performances and also some really good editing. Um, and, uh, the, the last, the third and last film, which I absolutely recommend. I love this film. It's another Oscar winner, uh, written and directed by Emerald Fennell, uh, who won the Oscar, who won this year's Oscar for best original screenplay. And it is a well-written film. And this film is called Promising Young Woman, a Promising Young Woman starring Carrie Mulligan, um, Bo Burnham, Allison Brie, Clancy Brown, Jennifer Coolidge, Laverne Cox, and Connie Britton. Uh, Promising Young Woman. It's uh, it's a film that is about that stars um, Carrie Mulligan as Cassie Thomas, who's this 30 year old um, medical school dropout who um, who who tries to who who goes on a quest, uh, a revenge quest, if you will, to avenge the the uh, the rape of her best friend Nina. Uh, who who was assaulted in medical school and who was raped and unfortunately she took her own life and so Cassie you know she spends her nights um, going to clubs pretending to be drunk 
like she's out of it you know she's like tripping over herself like and all this and you see some really thirsty predatory dudes be like ooh, look at look at that drunk chick over there oh i'm gonna I'm shoot my shot i'm gonna take her home and, and do whatever and so there's a so in the opening scene you see carrie mulligan she's just a mess she's just drunk she, she's just acting like she's intoxicated and all this so there's these three dudes these three dude bros are like oh ooh, who's gonna holler at her so one dude who's like the so-called nice guy of the bunch he goes over there he introduces himself like oh it looks like you had too much to drink oh and she's like oh yeah she's stumbling and all this she's like oh let me take you home so they call an uber they're riding they're riding to his place um they get into his apartment and then like she's she's on the couch she's just completely completely not in, in, in no condition to, to to do anything consensually and the guy, the guy starts, you know, being being really creepy, being being just an awful human being. Starts kissing on her, takes her into bed, you know, you know, pulls pulls her pulls her bottoms off, and then and then she's like, no, what are you doing? Hold on. And then like just when he thinks he's about to get some, she sna- she snaps out of it and she and she steps up and goes, what are you doing? And he's like, what? And he goes, and and, and then it's like just catches him in the act. And, um, and, you know, and she, 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 she fakes being drunk just so she can, you know, get these, get these thirsty dudes in a situation where they're thinking they're going to get some, get, you know, get their rape on. But she's like, nope, you're not going to do that. I'm going to stop you. And so in the next scene, she's walking home, blood covered all over her arm. And, you know, she's just a mess. So you can tell that she did some shit. And what's interesting about that, the, the next scene is that she's walking home and she's being catcalled by these construction workers across the street. And they're like, ooh, they're like, oh, like, oh, oh, rough night, honey, and all this. And they're like, oh, smile. Why don't you smile? And what's interesting about that scene is like, you know how you know how dudes are when they catcalls. Like, they catcall her and she's just staring at them. She's just she's not saying anything, she's not moving, she's just staring at them. And they're like, and then, and and then because of she's not playing along. The guys, the, the construction workers, they start turning hostile. They're like, oh, well, 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 fuck you then. You you ugly anyway, bitch. And all this, calling her out her name, and they walk away. And and throughout the whole film, you're seeing her take revenge on these on these random dudes uh, who, are, who, who are trying to, who are thinking that they're going to get some, you know, non-consensually, but then she turns the tables on them. And, was, and, and there's a funny scene where where Christopher Mintz Platts, a.k.a. McLovin from Superbad... Okay. <laughs> He he this coke sniffing dude who who's who 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 who's one of the who's one of the victims as well or or perpetrators if you will and just and, and man just seeing him you know trying to get her to sniff coke and trying to trying to get and trying to get some I was dying man because when you saw the tur- tables turning I'm like damn like damn McLovin how the mighty have fallen <laughs> but. But yeah, man, promising young woman. It's it's an excellently written film. Um, it, it's it, what I, uh, Carrie Mulligan's performance was astounding. Um, I, I believe she was also nominated for best actress. Um, what, what's great about this film is it's um, it really speaks to how just how just how cr- just how cringy and and harmful our culture is in, in terms of like how much how much we normalize cruelty. In terms of like how how men relate to women and as far as like dating, like for example, like how men like we're taught to normalize 
you know, cat calling women out their name or even sexual assault where it's like, oh, you know, she doesn't have to, she has to, she, you know, pressuring a woman to say yes when, even if they're not in no condition to, to consent, you know, like the, the film really, really, really tackles just the poisonous, toxic aspects of American culture in that respect, in terms of dating, in terms of sex, in terms of like, you know, relationships. And, and it's really interesting how Emerald Fennel really explores that uh, in this film. And, um, and of course, like the, the, the cast, the cast, the supporting cast is also dope. Um, you have a Clancy Brown and Jennifer Coolidge, uh, best known as Stifler's mom what? in the American Pie movies. Still, yeah. still looks good, by the way. Um, That's they, good. yeah, they, they, they play, um, uh, Cassie's parents and what's funny is like, because she's still living at home and she dropped out of med school and she's working at this coffee shop owned by Laverne Cox's character. And so... And so, like, um, they 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 sell the the parents say, "Oh, happy birthday! We got you a present." And she opens it, and it's a big ass travel suitcase. So it's like, and, and, she, <laughs> and then and then it's like, and then she tells her boss, Pilar Laverne Cox, is like, she's like, you know, if that's not the biggest um, get the fuck out of our house present, you know, there is, and I don't know what is. And um, and then there's a scene where Bo Burnham arrives, and Bo Burnham, he's like a, a former classmate of hers who actually genuinely likes her, and you know wants to wants to date her, and you know they they develop a little connection too. Um, no no spoilers at all, but I will say the how the film wraps up is nuts. How the film wraps up, I'm like yo, I can see why Emerald Fennel won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay, well deserved, man. It, it 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 is an excellent film. Um, I I really I really love it. Like I know some critics called it like the promising young woman, the quote unquote Me Too thriller uh, of this generation. It, it it it's more than that. It's 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 an excellently written film uh, with great performances. It really like I said, it really speaks to uh, toxic uh, aspects of our culture that we that we unfortunately normalize that we gotta fight that we gotta push back against. Especially all especially all of us uh, us men out there. Um, excellent film. Um, definitely, definitely watch it. I, I, and I, and I will say, you know, you know, not trying to be funny or anything. This is a great date film. I say Promising Young Woman is a great date film because it, because it's, it's a great conversation starter, Carl. Trust me. It is a great conversation starter. When you talk about, you know, what you normalize in your relationships and all this and like, and like your past and like what you're taught to believe. Promising Young Woman is, is a great conversation starter. It's a great conversation piece. I think people should definitely, I, th I think couples should go out of their way to watch it, talk about it, you know, post about it on social media, start a dialogue. Yo, it's an excellent film. I can't say enough about it. Uh, Emerald Fennel salutes to you. Cr definitely a creative voice. I do want to see more of her work. Promising Young Woman is a promising film. I dig it. You should see it. I'm okay then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, like I said, yo, like, you know, all, all you thirsty dudes out there and even and even and even women too. Some some women try to try to pull off that, you know, that man eater black widow stuff. Like, yo. Yo. Yo, you, you if you if you think you're taking some if you think that you can take some drunk person home and non-consensually get it on with them and when they flip it on you, you deserve to I don't, I'm not saying you deserve to get killed, no. But you definitely deserve to get smacked. Some people got to learn the hard way, Carl. Some people got to learn the hard um, way. I'm, I'm going to leave you to your thoughts. 
But I want to take it back to just, you know, Nickelodeon real quick. Just, you know. Segway. He kind of ran through the, yeah. What would choose? That really just put me in a very, like, positive mood today. And you just happen to be wearing orange. So, like. Yeah. <laughs> what, what were some of your favorites? Uh, favorite shows on Nickelodeon? At least back in the day. Because I don't oh, know what's on Nickelodeon anymore. Oh, man. You know, like, one show that I always really enjoyed as a kid was Nickelodeon Guts. They showed that, and they showed collectors who had the agri-crack, like the piece of the agri-crack. Oh, man. Like the actual, like, award? Like the, the trophy? Yeah. 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 yeah, I think you can find You can actually, like, find one. Mm. Uh, uh, actually, uh, Aaron Ferguson says, <laughs> how do you... Wait. How do you go from rape back to Nickelodeon? Listen, look, Carl. Carl was the one who segued. Carl was the one who segued back from Promising Young Woman to Nickelodeon. Don't blame it on me. Because we need to light. Because we need to light up the mood. Because you know how dark Victor can get. <laughs> you, of all people, know how dark Victor can get. Hashtag Family Matters reboot. Listen, listen. Oh, you gotta go by this place over on Broadway. It's called Julian's. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like it's a bit of a you know hit the spot. Shout out, uh, shout out to a friend of the show after she brought me over there. Like, let me. Ooh, somebody's making their NXT debut. I'm behind on NXT, guys. Mm. Um, I think I sent you these pictures. Uh huh. Like, Ju- I, I, I think I've, I've been to Julian's once. I've had their black bean burger, which was delicious. Oh, what is that? That's oh the Death Star. Yeah, that's on one of their tables. Oh, very nice. Yeah, the second. And episode. and they were telling me they was like, "Yo, use the bathroom. You have to use the bathroom. You have to go to the bathroom." I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I go in the bathroom, and they had a wall. See, my background's kind of messing it up. But I see. It. Those are all Star Wars figures from like the eighties. Nice. Okay, collectors' items. Yeah, and then they actually had these old school Mego figures. Oh, okay. Now from watching comic from watching comic book men, those figures go for about two hundred to four hundred dollars a piece. Man. Yo, collectors are crazy, man. Oh yeah. And then the final one, which you really can't say, you can't really can't see that well probably, but mm. Pez dispensers. <laughs> just a whole collection of pest dispensers and I like I lo- I like left there. We were the only ones in the restaurant at that time, but it was like it was like during the day. And I'm like, You guys got Mego figures? Those go for it. And they're sitting there like, Yup. <laughs> hey man, if they hey, if they got it, flaunt it. <laughs> Okay, that's dope. Yeah, I actually invited our, our waiter to be on the show because he, just like Aaron Ferguson and Chris Stewart, hate The Last Jedi. <laughs> so. Oh, God. An- another one. Enough. enough. I, know, I, know we're, I know we're talking about Nickelodeon, but real quick, yo, I think people need to give The Last Jedi its flowers. I think people who are complaining about, you know, how, how transgressive and how, uh, uh, how different 
uh, the film was from their expectations. Look, look, like, like I said, The Last Jedi dared dared to take chances with the franchise. It dared to evolve the the the, the series. Ryan Johnson was trying to tell y'all, listen, Star Wars fans, franchise, y'all need to up your freaking game. And Ryan Johnson upped his game. Y'all weren't ready for the conversation that he wanted. Y'all weren't ready for it, and that's why. And that's why we got the rise of Skywalker, that piece of trash film. So I blame, I blame, I blame we, you fans for that. And, and, and now we got, and now we, <laughs> and now we got the Mandalorian bad batch, which I'm still behind two two episodes. Mm-hmm. And Dave Filoni is part of the executive creative team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know Dave Filoni, John Favreau, they're doing they're doing mighty fine work. Yeah, uh, but back to that documentary, they actually showed how they made like you know how you remember Nick Arcade? Yes. Oh yeah, one of my favorite shows. So, remembering like some of the um, like some of the challenges that they have where you could see like the actual person inside the game. Yeah. They actually showed how they did that. Was it green screen? Yes, but some of the set, they actually had to build some of the set. Mm-hmm. But they had to, like, paint it green just so, like, you know, it'll go with the green screen effect. So, like, if you saw somebody going up the stairs on a video game, they were legit going upstairs and doing what they had to do. They had to, like, look at themselves mm-hmm. while, like, playing the game and stuff. Yep. Um, and then they didn't bring this up, but Brian brought this up. Remember when Nickelodeon put, uh, they put together a time capsule to and buried it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. And they're not gonna. Yeah. And I completely forgot about that. Like, so they're like, "Oh, when are they supposed to do it? April thirtieth, twenty forty-two." No man. <laughs> so they said they put like a piece of the Berlin Wall, um, like a Michael Jackson CD, an empty MC Hammer CD, newspapers, and like everything that was like pretty that was like popping from like nineteen eighty from nineteen ninety two. But yeah, that was like a really fun show. Like another another show that I liked that I think only lasted but two seasons, and it was on the original Snick lineup. Mm-hmm. It was called Roundhouse. I remember that show. Yeah. <laughs> That was just like a fun show, just seeing dancing and acting and stuff. And I mean, it was it was like a half hour musical that you got every week. Yeah, like there was um yeah, it, it was kind of like a sort of like a, a like a grungy um like improv theater type deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that show very well. And then they had. I mean, they talked about the Nicktoons and Rocco's Modern. Rocco's Modern Life is just a classic, and let's just keep it at that. Oh, Rocco's Modern Life. That's one of my favorite uh, shows uh, from Nickelodeon. I actually have the whole series on DVD. Um, Do you really? Yeah. Like, I remember, like, uh, a few years ago, Target sold it for 20 bucks, And I'm like, how can I not get it at that price? Oh, man. Like, I remember Rocco's Modern Life. Like, it had a lot of, it had a lot of like, sly adult jokes that you didn't get as a kid. But then when you watch it now, it's like, oh. <laughs> so this is why you call I get I get why they call it Chokey's Chicken. <laughs> and can we just say that Grandpa Pickles is the absolute worst babysitter ever? 
Oh, Grandpa Pig. Oh, yeah. Like, was he senile? The character? Possibly. I don't know. Everything was 15 with him. Hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. Uh, he always, like, slept. And then there was one time that he slept and he was going through, Hey, I bought Reptar this for you. The something, something bears for you. And then he actually had a porno in one of them. He's like, oh, that's for when you guys go to bed. And I'm like, this dude's about to free your needle. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. Rocco was a phone sex operator. Yep, Mrs. Big Head. <laughs> yeah. But I will say I will say that the grit the the great the greatness of Nicktoons died after Rocco's Modern Life because our real monsters was like meh. It was alright. Yeah. I, I like the creature designs, but um that didn't do it for me. Hmm. Angry Beavers sucked. I never seen that. Cat Dog was the, was even worse. Yeah, I didn't bother. And it just seems like that was just it. Between from Doug, Rugrats, Brennan Stimpy, and Marco's Rod and Life, those were the Nicktoons. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, I, I, well, this wasn't a Nicktoon, but you can't forget all that. Oh, my God. They, that was just great. That was just great. They, they, Coolio was in that documentary because Coolio needs something to do. Yeah. Keenan and Kel, the theme song, all that. <laughs> Julio was actually... They was actually telling the story of Julio getting high inside of Nickelodeon Studios. Oh, yeah, I believe that. Yeah. Yeah, why, why, why wouldn't he? <laughs> no, it was just weed, but it was just like, dude, you're at Nickelodeon Studios. Do you really need to, to, do you really need to do this? Hey, he was at the peak of his gangster's paradise powers. <laughs> and Fantastic Voyage. Listen, Gangsta's Paradise was my shit, okay? I used to think I was so thugged up because I knew that song word for word. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, dangerous Minds. Yeah, it was basically just a 90s stand and deliver. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, with, with more thugs. Yeah, and no calculus. No calculus and Michelle Pfeiffer. There you go. <laughs> uh but uh, but yeah, all all that was a cool show. I remember like ske- sketch sketches like of course Good Burger, Vital Information. Um, Lori Beth Denberg was in that. She was yeah. in the documentary too. Oh nice. Still looks the same. Still looks the same. Hey, she was also in the Steve Harvey show too, right? Lydia lies again. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was another sketch on uh, all that? Oh, Repairman. Oh, Man, 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 man. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. All, all that had some cool musical guests, too. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, TLC did the theme music. Yep, TLC did the theme music. Brandy was on there. Um, Coolio, we mentioned. Aaliyah. 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 Portrait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, one of the guys in Portrait's from Rhode Island, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Um... Irving Watson, yeah, Irving Washington Jr. He actually lives in Rhode Island. Oh, I didn't know that. Nice. But uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, you know what? I gotta put you on to this this YouTube show. It's called Pass the Mic with DJ Cassidy. Mm-hmm. 
it was something that he came up with uh, during like his you know during the pandemic and stuff. Where it's like he'll play music and through Zoom or Skype or whatever, mm-hmm. he'll have like that original artist like sing the songs. I have to send you the video for. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Nick Nickelodeon. Oh, uh, speaking of Nickelodeon, how about a uh, Wild and Crazy Kids? You ever watch that? I did. I I did. But you know what? They didn't even mention that in the doc. I was hmm. like, that was a fun show too. Like, I wanted Wild and Crazy Kids to come to Rhode Island. Like, yeah, that seemed fun. It was like I remember it was Omar Gooding and there were two other hosts. Oh. Yeah. Aaron Ferguson says, uh, Ice Cube performed You Can Do It on All That. Wow. Locks performed. I'm pretty sure the Locks performed, too. The Locks definitely performed on All That. I think they performed Money, Power, Respect. Oh, well, okay. I mean, oh, man, Ice Cube. How the mighty have fallen. Uh, but, but, yeah, man, um, yeah, Wild and Crazy Kids was, was a fun show. Um... You mentioned you can't do it on, on television. Um, anytime somebody said, I don't know, slime. Or if they said water, they get dunked with water. Um, oh, it's okay. Oh, gosh. What was another, what was another cool, good good show on Nickelodeon at the time? Oh, remember, you, you remember that show, uh, Welcome Freshman? I remember the name, but I vaguely remember it. You know, Welcome Freshman was it was actually a cool show. It was actually kind of funny. Like I remember um the 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 principal of the show, Lipman. Yeah, like he was like he was like this this balding dude who uh he was like a tryhard and he was like the antagonist of the show. Like there was like I remember, I remember like distinctly there was like one there was like one segment in each episode of Welcome Freshman where he imagined himself doing a stand-up routine, like a comedian, but then he did it over the loudspeaker. So they're like people. So it cut to like students in the classroom, like looking up, like what the hell's wrong with him? Yeah, I remember that. It was actually it was actually a pretty amusing show back in the day. AK just hit us with my brother and me. Oh yeah, yeah my brother and yeah. me, uh, the debut of Amanda Seals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it was crazy. I looked up um, the kid, the kid who played Alfie. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, he's on like some I want to be a gangster rapper type deal, and I'm just like, oh god, we lost. I, I guess he. And yeah. I. And then Dee Dee, the little brother, was like, he's like this jacked police officer who's doing right for his community. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um. And uh, what about the older sister, a Melody? Like, what's what's the actress doing nowadays? You know. Melody. I think just living her, just living an average normal life. I remember looking her up a long time ago, and I think she has like some type of um, some type of like um, like business or something. Hmm. Like she's just living just a straight up average life, like kind of low, kind of low key. But she still looks pretty though. Yeah, that's what's up. That's what's up. Yeah, I remember. Goo, don't ask. <laughs> Goo? Oh, like, don't ask as in, like, you don't know, or is like... Is yeah, like, I don't know, uh, but I will say this, too. Like, I, it's on a sad note. The mother from that show did pass away. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. But, um, oh, man. 
Yeah, goo punch. Hey, dude, yeah. hey, dude couldn't get into me neither. Like, that was a show I did not like. I always skipped Hey Dude. Yeah, I, I couldn't get into it. Like, I do remember the theme song. And um, and I remember, like, Hey Dude came on either before or after Salute Your Shorts, which I which which was one of my favorites, favorites as a kid. Um, like, uh, the unseen Dr. Khan. And then you had, like, the, the camp counselor, Ugg. Oh man, that was a that was a uh, great show. Salute your shorts. That was one of the I would say that Salute Your Shorts is one of the most underrated uh, uh, shows of the '90s on on the, on the Nickelodeon network. Um, Couldn't do it for me. I, I always said Salute Shorts like like, don, like the the saga of Donkey Lips, and um, yeah, this other guy uh, Budnick who was like the, the like the bad Bobby boy. Budnick. Bobby Budnick, the bad boy. You had a uh, Pinsky. Um, yeah, it, it was. It was. I was, I was in, oh, Venus de Milo, real name of the yeah. actress. Um, it was a cool show. You know, when I was a kid, I actually had a little crush on Venus de, Venus de Milo. Not gonna lie. So there it is. <laughs> okay, I, I had a crush on Elisa, the Spanish girl from all that. So. Oh yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why not? I mean, and she was in it too. She still, she looks gorgeous. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, Venus de Milo looks the same. Hey. Black don't like crack. she probably aged like that, and that's it. Mm. Hey, black don't crack, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, a- anybody, please go on the cooler and watch this documentary because it was it, you'll have a great you'll have a grand old time watching it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Nickelodeon, man, they were they were the the network back in the nineties, you know. Um, and of course, like you know, Nickelodeon, they've had they've, they've had they've had some good shows since then. You know, SpongeBob SquarePants. Is... Black. You <laughs> was black. Yeah. Black as fuck. Yes, yes. Right I said it. What's up, Nick? <laughs> What's up, Brian? Uh, Brian Lopes of the UWO chiming in. Yes. He's, uh, he's got a he had a crash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely understandable. You know, Skeeter was in fact black. You know. Oh yeah. Um, I do not debate that at all. You know. Uh, what else? Um, oh my gosh! Of course, like 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 I said, uh, like Nickelodeon has 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 some you know great shows back since then. And of course, SpongeBob SquarePants, aka the greatest meme generator in human history, still going on strong after twenty some odd years. And um, yeah, yep. yeah, and and um, two two great shows uh, which are in the same universe: Avatar, The Last Airbender, and The Legend of Korra. Excellent, excellent shows. I love those you know, shows. They made a, I remember the, they made a Last Airbender movie not too long ago. We're not going to talk about the last Airbender movie. <laughs> the, last Air, the last Airbender movie was Dumpster Juice, as Aaron Ferguson would say. It is... That's disgusting. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is the odor that emanates from your sneaker after a long, hot summer day. That's 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 the level of the Last Airbender movie. M Night Shyamalan should be ashamed of himself for thinking that he can adopt the entirety of season season one in a two hour movie and try to sequel bait. No, no, I thoroughly reject the Last Airbender movie. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man. Anything else uh, on your on your plate, Carl? That's pretty. That's been pretty much it. It's been it's been a pretty low key week, yeah. So, but I'm DJing again out this weekend. So, 
Yes. Cannot wait for that. Yeah, man. Uh, okay, yeah, DJing. That's what's up. Coming up this Friday. Coming up this Friday. Um, you know, people. Saturday. Oh, Saturday rather. You know, you know, um, you, you know, uh, you know, things are starting to starting to open up a little. You know, um, you know, you know, it's funny. Like I went to Trader Joe's uh, last weekend, and apparently, um, they've you don't you, you no longer have to wait in line to get into the store. But I saw half the people in there, half the customers, not wearing masks. Oh yeah, they could wait. And, they could. They a lot of people just couldn't wait. And I'm one who can't wait, but I'm like, eh, I can't. Yeah, me too. I I, I gotta say this. Um, you know, I I I think the CDC made a serious mistake by saying, "Fuck it, we're gonna go by the honor system." So you know, you don't have to wear a mask in public. Okay, here's the thing about that, mother. Motherfuckers lie. Motherfuckers lie. Just like the, just like people who've been lying this whole time since March of 2020. People people can go out and say, oh, I ain't got to wear a mask no more, and I'm not vaccinated. Fuck it. And, and, and I got to tell you something, man. I got to tell you something, man. I got to tell you something, man. At this point, at this point, and, and, I, and I'm trying to show as much empathy as I can. Listen, people. For those of you who are out, who, who, who this applies, look, I understand your hesitancy for getting the vaccine. But let me, but, but, but think about this. You, you, use your brain, okay? Use your logical brain, 100% of it, okay? Like Limitless, like Bradley Cooper, okay? What is, what is demonstrably worse? Getting COVID or getting the vaccine and suffering a few side effects? Because I gotta tell you, getting full blown COVID and getting hospitalized is way worse than getting a headache or a tummy ache and having to lay in bed for a couple hours. Take an Advil and man up or woman up or or, or, or human up, whatever. All right, it's bad enough that the that the, that the CDC is, is is making us going through this whole honor system. Hey, hey, hey you don't have to wear a mask in public anymore. Just uh. Have a great time. And enough people have not, we are we haven't even arrived at at, at the fifty percent threshold. Half the country has not been vaccinated yet. We're about like thirty seven, thirty eight percent according to the New York Times. In order to achieve real herd immunity, we got to hit the eighty percent threshold. But the CDC is making it damn hard. And y'all motherfuckers out there who are lying about being vaccinated and walking around without your masks, you know what? You know what? Some of you are just hard-headed. Maybe you do have to get COVID. Maybe you do have to catch it so it can finally become real to you. All right? So the bottom line is, don't be a lying motherfucker. Don't be a stupid motherfucker. Don't be a stupid lying motherfucker. Wear a mask, be responsible, and before the summer is out, okay, get yourself vaccinated do it don't don't just don't just take my word for it do it for yourself do it for your loved ones do it for your friends do it for their loved ones think about think about people beyond your circle it's not about me it's not just about you we all have a responsibility in this world to each other and if you did not learn that huge lesson in this pandemic then well 
I just hope you learn the hardest of lessons in the most hardest way possible. And maybe then, maybe then it'll sink in your, in your, in your thick skull. And that's all I got to say about that. Be blessed, be well, and get the motherfucking vaccine. And that's all I got to say about that. All right, then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. as you're, well, I'm not, I'm no longer live, but your new favorite NXT female wrestler is making her debut. Taya Valkyrie? Yeah. <laughs> Yay, Taya Valkyrie. Yes, yes. We, we, we will not Although go. Although she's going. Wait, go ahead. Yeah, we will not go by her, 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 um. NXT appointed government slave name. No, no, your no. We're not. This is this is not a your name is Toby situation. No, your name is Taya Valkyrie. And I understand you don't want to. You're not calling yourself Taya Valkyrie because you don't want WWE to get the rights to your name. But your name is Taya Valkyrie. Crack the whip. Psh. All right, all right. You'll get used to it and still end up calling her that, just like how we done everything else. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying to fight it as long as I can. <laughs> and then, and then hey, John Cena shirt you wearing? No, it's uh well never give up. No, it's it's never enough sun. You know, very apt for since since the summer is next month. You know, you know it's it's, it's sundress season. You know, you know it's sandals wow. season. You know, he licked his lips when he said that. <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh it's thick season. You know, hashtag. Hashtag thick woman season. Hashtag thick boy season. Hey, we gotta cover all grounds, people. It's all good. <laughs> Hashtag Bronson Reed. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, uh, we, we're about to we're about to get on out of here, Carl. Unless you got some other goodness and magic for us. Ah, oh, I'm actually cool for right now. Man. I'm yeah. cool for this week. Tune in next week. We may have a bit of a surprise for you. Mm, yes, yes, you will definitely want to tune in next week. Um, it's going to be a most a most welcome surprise for all you Codex Prime uh, listeners. You'll definitely be pleased with what we have in store. Oh yes. All right. Yes, and uh, in the meantime, Carl, uh, tell the good people where they can find us. Well, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Uh, iTunes, please leave us a five star review. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, <sighs> all of them. <laughs> so, yep, pretty much all of them. And yes. You can also look us up on social media on uh, on um, Facebook. Obviously, thank you for watching. You can catch us on Twitter at Cortex Prime Cast, Instagram Cortex Prime Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube as well. Where it's going to be some more uh, content that's going to be on the way. Oh yeah. And yeah, we everywhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, we're pretty much everywhere. Uh, you know, be sure to you know, drop us drop us a, a line in, in the chat here. Uh, we're, we're pretty much here every week, Tuesdays around eight eight fifteen ish Eastern Standard Time. Um, and you know, it's been a while. You know, send us an email. Send us an email at codexprimepodcast at gmail About anything, we'll read it on the air for next week's episode. Um. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all we got. Uh, we're about to get on out of here. Um, thank you all for watching and listening. As always, uh, we will catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds. Later.